welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, we welcome you to Epiphany Fellowship Church. We're so excited that you're here uh, worshiping with us this morning, worshiping our King and our risen Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Uh, we, are, uh, we are continuing just to gather online, obviously, uh, but we're, we're looking forward to the day uh, where we can gather one with another yet again and worship e- with each other, worship the living God with each other, hold hands, hug, and uh, run around the gathering and, and, and just sing God's praises, give together, hear the preaching together. So we're looking forward to uh, that day. But until then, we're praying for you, Epiphany Fellowship. We're praying for all of those uh, who are watching online. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're excited. We just thank you for joining us. And we're, we're excited to get in this word. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 29. If you've got your phone, get on there and find Genesis chapter 9. You're going to meet me uh, there uh, in the 29th chapter of the book of Genesis, beginning at verse 31. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen uh, uh, right there in front of you. Uh, and so meet me there. Amen. Genesis chapter 29, verse 31. And we're going to read down through the end of the chapter. Here's the word of the Lord. It says this, it says, when, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was unable to conceive. Leah conceived, gave birth to a son, and named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has seen my affliction. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, The Lord heard that I am unloved and has given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. And she conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, At last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived yet again, gave birth to a son, And said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. Then Leah stopped having children. For our time today uh, in the text, I just want to tag this text. How long will it take for you to praise him? How long will it take for you to praise him? Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful and thankful that we have access to your word. Um, that your word is truth. It is the truth. It is your revelation to us about who you are and what you've done in the world and what you are doing in the world. And so, God, we declare this morning that we take your word seriously, that we take you at your word. And so, God, I pray this morning that you will deposit in us the truth of your words that we might know how to live so that we can know how to please you. Be with your servant today. As I communicate what is found in your text, as I uh, seek to apply it to our lives and see the relevance that it has for us today, many of us at this very moment. So, Father, be with me. Uh, Help me, O God, to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, I pray. In Jesus Christ's mighty and matchless name, amen and amen. How long will it take 
for you to praise him. You know, it's hard for me to read Leah's story and not see some of the similarities of what she was going through with what it's like to be black in America. I, I know you hear me and, and you're probably thinking, well, well, that's, that's probably a stretch, but, but stay, stay, stay with me if, if you would. Just as Leah in her marriage to Jacob is loved or not loved, but tolerated, so many blacks in America feel like they are not loved, but tolerated. Also, in some similarities, some of the crossover exists because those in authority do the bare minimum as a way to quiet your grievances against them. You can see that in the story of, of Leah and her relationship with Jacob and uh, also in the story of many black Americans here in this country. And then there's also this sense that there's an expectation to contribute to another's advancement without receiving anything in return. That seems pretty self-explanatory. You know, as you're watching this, you, you might say, well, 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 Jacob was just a product of his time. You might say that it, it wasn't his fault because he too was forced into a situation that he had no control over. You might say that he's making the best of a bad situation. You might even say that Jacob was a, a stand-up guy who brought prosperity to everyone around him. But what would Leah say? Have you ever thought about asking her what it was like to constantly play second fiddle? Have you thought about what it was like for her to be forced into a place where you knew you weren't wanted, but yet expected to act like you were happy to be there? If you've ever found yourself in that type of situation, I'm, I'm sure you've asked God the question, why? How, how, how long, God? If you're anything like me, you feel the discomfort of those situations. And, and the natural response is, this, 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 this can't be, this isn't what God has for me. See, it's in, it's in those moments that, that worship is the farthest thing from our minds. Because we've, we've associated worship of God with blessing from God. But, 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 but we need to see worship as a disposition of our lives no matter what's going on. That brings me to my first point. I want you to listen clearly because there's only one point for us this morning, and it's, and it's this worship of God and undesirable life circumstances are not mutually exclusive in the life of the believer. Ooh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a tough pill to swallow, but, 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 but hear me, worship of God and undesirable life circumstances are not mutually exclusive in your life. Both of those things exist and both of those things are true in the life of the believer. Look, look, look with me at verse 31. It says, when, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, you, you, you know, this. There's, there's so much just in these few 
words that, that, that don't even make yet a full sentence here in the text. But when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, this, this one phrase sets the, the theological tenor of the whole uh, uh, passage here by showing that the children that will divinely come from her, because he says, it says he opened her womb, which we'll get to in a second, but, but eventually the children that come from her came from God. Right, right. That, they, they, that God responded to this woman who he saw was unloved. One of the things I love about this is that, that we see clearly in the text that it, it exhibits the Lord's compassion for a neglected wife. You, you, see, you see God not absent from where she finds herself in this relationship, but 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 present, seeing her and then stepping in to meet her where she is to do something about the fact that she was alone, even though she was surrounded by people. It's interesting, this word that the Bible uses here, this verb, this word unloved, it, 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 it can be interpreted uh, hated or neglected or uh, to de decrease in status. And, and it's funny that, that this word unloved is translated hate in both De Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 25 and also in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 uh, because a, a, a word like this, uh, a verb, a Hebrew verb like this may be used to describe not merely its own action but also the omission omission or prevention of the opposite action. Meaning here that when the Bible describes that Leah was unloved, it, 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 the, the word here could also mean that she was hated. It, 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 it means that there was an absence of love, that she was rejected, that she wasn't seen or viewed as equal or, or, or par of, that, that she wasn't uh, appreciated as much, she wasn't valued as much, she was wholly uh, other and unthought of in the background. Jacob did not love Leah. I mean, it's clear here from, from, from the text. I mean, the Bible even says as much prior to the, these verses. It says that he loved Rachel more than Leah. And in some ways, I, I can understand why that could possibly be the case, being that Laban, his uncle, deceived him into taking Leah. And so uh, uh, Jacob probably understood that Leah was part of a package deal in order to get Rachel, meaning that if he didn't take Leah, there would be no Rachel. And Rachel was the one that he loved. It was the one that he wanted. And, 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 and one, one, one of the things that I love about what Scripture does here is, is the, the Bible doesn't say merely that Leah felt unloved. Yeah, I, I know we do that sometimes where somebody expresses themselves to us emotionally and, and, and the first thing that we do is we, we question whether or not their feelings are valid. Even if we don't agree with them, primarily when we don't agree with them, we, we question the validity of their feelings. I'm glad that, that God doesn't do that here with Leah, that, 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 that he, doesn't, he doesn't say that she feels unloved as if this is subject, some subjective element, but that she is unloved. Leah feels unloved because she is is unloved 
But, but you know what? You know what's great about that? Because you, you might be sitting back, well, what, what's so good about being unloved? There, there's nothing necessarily inherently good about being unloved. But the beautiful thing that I see in the fact that she was unloved was that even though nobody else saw her, God saw her. That, that even though she wasn't accepted by her husband, guess what? God saw her. That, that even though she was in despair in that situation, she probably wasn't getting along with her sister. They were, they were competing for his affections and, and she was the outcast. But guess what? God saw her. That, 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 should, that should encourage your soul this morning. I, I, I know that encourages my soul because I know that I've gone through seasons of loneliness I, I, I know that I've gone through seasons of not feeling valuable or not feeling worthy or not feeling wanted or accepted. And it's in those moments where the enemy begins to whisper to you, 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 should, you should take your life. No, nobody cares that what's going to happen to you. Nobody wants you around. Nobody really cares about you. They just want something from you. It's in those moments you start to doubt uh, your identity that God has given to you. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you have much in common with Leah because God sees you. And what does what does God do in response to seeing Leah? Well, the Bible says here in verse 31, it says that, that, that when God saw that Leah was unloved, he did what? He, he, opened, her, he opened her womb. He, 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 he opened her womb, but then it says that, that after God opened her womb, it just makes a, a small notation that says, but, but Leah was unable to conceive. And, 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 and there, there, there's a lot here going on in the text. You can, you can imagine, I mean, I mean, think about the family dysfunction and the drama where you've got one sister uh, who is loved and the other sister who is unloved. And, and as a woman, as a married woman in those days, one, 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 of the most, uh, 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 one, of, one of the ways that you contributed most to society and to your family was through childbearing. And, and, and so, so, so this, this idea of barrenness not being able to have children, and, and the Bible doesn't describe why, uh, the why uh, barrenness took place, like why uh, they, they, this woman, this Rachel, was not able to have children, but, but we know uh, that, that barrenness was an issue for some prominent women in the Bible, from Sarah uh, to, to Rachel to Hannah, but, 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 but here, listen, listen, uh, barrenness uh, was a closed womb was a deep personal tragedy, in, in Old Testament times, to, to be a wife without bearing children was regarded as a reproach, which could lead to divorce. And, and the social pressure to bear children for, for a husband was so great that a barren wife sometimes offered her, her husband a surrogate mother in the form of a slave. We see that with, with, uh, with Hagar and, and Sarah. We, we see it here later on in, in chapter 30 with uh, uh, Zilpah and Bilhah, and, uh, and, but, but that's what would happen. And, and so it was believed that the gift of children or withholding children indicated either God's blessing or his curse. And so this is the cause of why Rachel responds the way that she does in chapter 30, chapter 30, verse 1, which, which we're not going to deal with, but th this is why she responds with, with, with the way she does, where she says, either give me children or let me die. That, that's, how, that's how critical it was 
for a, a, a married woman to desire having children. But the Bible says, the Bible says that, that Leah, that God opened her womb in response to seeing how neglected and how unloved uh, she was, but that Rachel, the loved wife, would not be able to, it at this time, produce children. And it says that, that Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. Now it's, it's, it's interesting here, this idea that, that Leah conceived, right? Because you, as you read through this, this narrative, you, you, see, you see these sisters in competition. Eventually you'll see their children in competition and and unfortunately they were placed in competition not because of their their own doing but nonetheless they find themselves competing for the affections of this man this Jacob this husband and and Rachel doesn't have to do much competing because uh, in the early stages because she was uh, the the one the Bible describes who was who was who was who was fine Bible says that, 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 that Rachel was a dime, that she had, she had a curvaceous body and, and, and she was beautiful in the face, beautiful to look at, but Leah was soft in the eyes. Her eyes were, were weak. And so, and so it's interesting by the time the childbearing steps on the same, seeing that the wife who was loved, who was more physically beautiful, even though she had beauty, she didn't have Leah's fruitful womb. And where Leah had a fruitful womb, she didn't have Jacob's affections, which is what Rachel had. And so uh, 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 this, this fierce jealousy existed between the sisters where Leah wanted Jacob's affections and, and Rachel wanted children. And so Leah said, the Bible, Bible says Leah conceives and she gives birth to, to a son. And, uh, and, and, and the Bible says that she said, she, she named him Reuben, for she said the Lord has the Lord has seen my affliction. The Lord has seen my affliction. Surely my husband will love me now. Now, now the first, the first part of Leah's statement is correct. For she says, she says, Yahweh has seen my distress. Even, even though the man that she was living with couldn't see her distress, even though she was walking around the house with him all day long and, and he couldn't notice anything wrong, or, or better yet, he probably didn't care. But, 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 but she says, even though he can't see me, he says, Yahweh has seen my distress and my affliction. And, and, and the, the crazy thing about this word here, distress or affliction, is the same now that's used in Hagar's situation earlier in Genesis chapter 16 because where she says, she says, I have seen the one who sees me. That's why I'm going to name him Elroy. I've seen the one who sees me. And in both instances, the wife or the concubine plays a subordinate role to another wife. But you see Yahweh's involvement that led to children for both subordinate women, because Yahweh has seen. It's, it's also interesting to note, as we talk about this idea of Leah being, uh, Leah conceiving and giving birth to a son, and, and we'll notice this as we continue to go on in this text, but you don't see Jacob's name anywhere present in this whole ordeal. Like, like normally, the Bible would say something like, and Jacob knew his wife, and she bore him a son, or something like that. 
But here, you don't see Jacob's name anywhere. Now, we know Jacob was involved, but, 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 but I think the way the text is written is, is making it absolutely clear that, that, that God is the one in control of what's happening. That God is divinely the one who opened her womb and brought conceptions. That God is the, the one who is divinely allowing her to have sons. And, and so, so it's almost as if Jacob ain't even a part of this, even though we know he is. But it's interesting that he's not mentioned anywhere. Nonetheless, Leah went in that first statement, Yahweh has seen my distress. She understands because her womb has been opened that, that the God of heaven is the one who opened her womb. She, see, I, I, I like Leah because at first glance, even though she's in a situation she doesn't want to be in, she's, she, she calls it like it is and gives credit where credit is due. You, you know how sometimes when God does something in your life and, and then you... You forget that he was at work. You start taking credit for all your hard work and you start taking credit for all your education and you start taking credit for all your de decision making and, and you start thinking of yourself more highly than you actually are. And you never get to the point where it's like, man, God did that. We, we got to take some time to pause and give some give some thankful reflection where we look back on our life and all that God has done. And, and bless his name. But, but nonetheless, so, she's, so, so Leah, she, she gets the first part of the statement correct. God, is, God has seen my distress. The Lord has seen my distress. But then her second phrase, she says, uh, uh, surely my husband will love me now. And we can tell from the text that this is not accurate. That Leah was making some assumptions about her situation. Leah thought that because she had born Jacob a son, that the son would grant her Jacob's affections. Because A plus B equals C. But unfortunately in this situation, that equation doesn't make any sense. And so here we, we, see, we see Leah struggling, wrestling emotionally like Man, I've borne him a son. The, the best thing that I can do as a wife or a husband is, is to bear him a son. And I've borne him a son and not only just a son, but the firstborn son, his, his first son, the first son that he could have. He said there, that has to catapult me into, into the, the arena of his affections now. And she was assuming that, but she was assuming it incorrectly because from her, from her mind, she, Rachel, I mean, Leah, thought that she had a chance to be loved by Jacob, not realizing that it didn't matter how many sons she bore him, she still would always play the background. So, so the Bible says, verse 33, that she, she conceived again and, um, and gave birth to, to another son. And, uh, and she says, the Lord heard that I am unloved. So by the time, we're, we're talking about years now. Right, right. You, you, you know how 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 long a, a baby incubate, incubates in in the womb and then is is born. This is not like a, a month by month scenario here. We're talking about over the course of at minimum four years of time. Right, not between uh, uh, Reuben and Simeon, but over the course of these first four sons that are born. We're talking about four years. So by the time she gets to the second son, she's still unloved because her response after she gives birth to Simeon uh, is that the Lord has heard that I am unloved. But, but she didn't just become unloved then. She'd been unloved. She's, she's, she's been in this circumstance. And so, so notice, no, notice that her circumstance hadn't changed. 
and, and, and yet God gave her another son. And she says, man, man, I'm still unloved. The Lord not only saw me the first time, saw my distress and my affliction, but, but he sees that I'm still unloved. And so he blesses me with yet another son. And so the Bible says that she names him Simeon. And Simeon's birth, just like Levi's birth and who, who comes after and Reuben's birth who comes before is, is linked with an unsavory experience for Leah. Because I'm sure Leah, like, like any woman would be, is thinking to herself, man, this is not the life that I dreamed of for myself. This, this, this is not the life that I wanted. This, this is not the life that I asked for. Why, 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 why am I here and why do I have to be here? And I can imagine just the, the frustration constantly building of, of doing all that you can, all that is required of you to be accepted, to, to feel seen and, and the circumstance not changing at all. In naming the child, in naming Simeon, Leah focuses not on the unpleasantness of the circumstances. This, this, is, this is so key. This is so key. And it's, it's interesting that Leah is the one who is naming the children here, not Jacob. Right? It's, all, it's almost countercultural in, in, in some ways. But, but I love what Leah does because she, she doesn't have it all together yet. But she's, she's figuring this thing out and she's wrestling with the Lord uh, because as she names the children, she doesn't name them based on the difficulty of her circumstance at the moment. Mm. It, 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 it says that, that, that she doesn't name them on the unpleasantness of the circumstance, but on Yahweh who overcame the, the circumstance. She does not name her children my distress or the unloved one, rather how she experiences God meeting her in those moments. So when she has, when she has Reuben, she could have named Reuben my distress or my affliction, but she doesn't. She named him God. God sees me. God saw me. But it, it, with, with Simeon, she could have named him the, the unloved one, but she doesn't. She, she names him uh, the, the one who heard that I was unloved, the one who hears me. And so she begins to name her sons based on how God has met her, how God has experienced her as a reminder that even though she's where she is and she doesn't want to be there, that God has not left her, that he's still there. By the, by the time we get to verse 33, you know, Le Leah is, she's, she's, she's rapidly popping these sons out. The Bible says that she conceived again and gave birth to another son. And, 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 it, and, and it says that, uh, it says, at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne three sons for him. You know, Leah was not the last misguided parent who hoped a pregnancy could repair a fractured marriage, who hoped that children would turn a bad marriage into a good one. But she gets pregnant again, and, and now her, she's still in that place where she's wrestling with God because every time she has a son, she, she knows God is present, 
She says, so she says as much, but there's also this, this sense in which her identity is tied to her husband and whether or not he will accept her. She says, three sons? Three sons? Hold on. Homegirl ain't got no sons. I didn't give you one. I gave you three. Three sons. Like, I mean, when you, you, and you, and, and, I mean, when you talk about the cultural understanding of what it meant back then to, uh, to, to, care, to, to, to bear sons for a woman, that meant that you, you contributed your duty to helping to carry on the family name when you bore sons. And so imagine being a wife and bearing three sons and still not getting any affection or any love from your husband. I would be hot. I, I, I would be sure enough hot. And, and so she, she's thinking, okay, after the first one, cool, all right, I, I'm still mad that I'm, I'm, I'm unloved. This is not the situation that I want to be in. Okay, the second one, man, may, may, maybe, my, maybe my husband will change his mind eventually as he begins to love these boys and, and grow up with them and teach them about manhood. And then he begins to appreciate the fact that he has a wife that has been bearing him sons, that, that, that has been by his side. And, and, and then after the third one, it's like, it's like well, 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 listen, man, I mean, you know, may, maybe now because I've borne him three sons, Sons, maybe now he will leave uh, uh, Rachel in the sense of her being primary and attach himself to me and say, man, this wife is more valuable. This wife is more worthy because she's burying me sons. And, 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 and yet her, her disposition, even though it is somewhat on God, it's not fully on God because she's placing her value on whether or not Jacob will accept her. She says, at last, my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons. And she named him Levi. And so by this time in the, in the, in the story, after three sons, you know, she, she, Leah, you can tell, is, is wrestling with where she is positionally, wrestling with her circumstance because, because nothing about her circumstance has changed. Nothing. Since she married Jacob, she has been unloved. She's been rejected. She's been outcast. And she's borne him three sons. She's given him the most valuable gift three times over. And yet her position has not changed. What, 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 what's, what's happening? But, but well, well, well I, I love this, this shift in her mind in the story because it, it, it shows that she's, She's learning how to worship through pain. Leah's Leah's learning how to worship through her discomfort. Leah's Leah's learning how to to worship when she recognizes that her circumstances aren't going to change. And and, and look what it says. It says in verse 35, it says that she conceived again, gave birth to a son, and, 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 and look what the text says. It says, this time I will praise the Lord. This 
time I will lift up his name. This time I will exalt him to the highest heavens. This time I will make his name great. Listen, God, God, God didn't change her circumstances. Le Le Leah was still unloved by, by her husband, but, but she said, this time I, I'm going to sue. I'm going to do something different this time than, than I did the first three times. I, the, the first three, three times I made mention of, 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 of the fact that God met me. I, I made mention of the fact that I know he was present. I, I, I made mention of the fact that I, that I know he wasn't absent in my circumstance, but, 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 but by the fourth time, I've learned that it's, it's not enough for me just to make mention that God is present. I, I need to take myself to a place where I'm worshiping him, that, that, that he's been good to me despite where I find myself, that he's, he's been merciful to me despite what the situation may look like on the outside. I, I've got to take my place, so my mind somewhere where it says, despite what I'm going through, I'm going to worship the living God. So in naming her fourth child, Leah, Leah departs from her obsession with winning the love of Jacob. For, for notice, if you notice in her naming of Judah, she doesn't mention her situation at all. Not, not once. Rather, she, she exalts the Lord at the birth of Judah and, and gives his name meaning that God will be praised. See, Leah's, Leah's worth and dignity and identity were, were too tied up, tied up all, all the way in, into what, uh, into how she was accepted by man. And, 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 and she, was, she was ignoring the fact that, that God was the only one who could give her worth and dignity and, and true, 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 true identity. I, I, I look at a verse like, like verse 35, and I see the shift of her disposition, despite the lack of change, the lack of shift in her circumstance. And, and, and I think to myself, I think to myself, I said, man, I, I, I want to have some now I will praise the Lord moment sooner. I, I, I don't know about you, but, 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 but I, I know there's situations that, that don't look favorable for me. And, and, and I also don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And, and sometimes I'm not as quick to worship as I should be. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not saying here that, that, that we can't wrestle with God because obviously God gives us room. God gives us grace to, to, to wrestle through the difficulties of situations and, and circumstances. But, but, but man, I, I want to learn to say now I will praise the Lord sooner. I, I don't want to wait till I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I don't want to wait till I can tell that everything is going to be all right. I, I, I want to be at a place of such sweet intimacy with God that even when I've been rejected and, and overlooked and un, underappreciated and unsupported and unloved and misunderstood by man, I can declare that you are Elroy because I have seen the one who sees me. Sometimes it takes us a little while to get there. We've got to train our minds to remember his promises. We've got to train our minds to remember his, his goodness and his, his providence and, and his mercy. You know, the, 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 the old church, you know, it just stirs up something within me because as I, as I think about it, even now, all my heart wants to do is say, when I think about the goodness of Jesus, and all that is done for me, I will, what, what, is it, what does the church say? I will dance, 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 
all night. Because there's something about remembering his faithfulness that should move you to worship. Because, because here, here, here's, the, here's the reality. Here's the reality. God, God can see. He can see us. But the question is, do we see him? Can we see him through the disappointment? Can we see him through the pain? Can we see him through the discouragement? Listen, this, 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 this is, this, this is, this is, this is mind-blowing. As we, as we talk about Leah's story and how unloved, unwanted, and, un, and, and rejected she was, look, look, look at this. You know, the, the birth of her last two sons in this text, not her last two sons altogether, but in this text, her last two sons out of the four, is not without significance. For Levi is the ancestor of the Levitical priests. That, uh, Moses and, and, and Aaron. Uh, were Levites. And from Judah arises the principal line of the monarchy, with a, which, which eventually births the Messiah. That, that two of the major Old Testament institutions, priesthood and kingship, have their origin in an unwanted and unplanned marriage. Did, did, you, did you hear me? That this unwanted, unloved woman is the mother of the two greatest, two, two of the most influential Old Testament institutions for the people of Israel. And that if you trace her line back, she, the unwanted one, is a descendant or, or an ancestor of the Messiah. You know, there are many times in life where we can connect with Leah's story. If I'm honest, there are many times when I feel like me and Leah have much in common. I, I know what it feels like to be rejected and to fight for man's approval and acceptance. But what, what is most significant about this shared experience and should encourage our souls is not that we are like Leah, but rather that Leah is like someone else. But the prophet Isaiah in the 53rd chapter describes that someone and he says that that someone was despised and rejected by men. That he was like someone that people turned away from. That he was oppressed and afflicted. And, and yet the Bible says that because of the joy that was set before him, that he bore our griefs and carried our iniquities so that through his rejection, you, you and I could be accepted. And for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, you have already been accepted. You've already been brought near. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is Though our earthly situations and circumstances may not change, how long is it going to take for you to praise him? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are thankful, oh God, today for your word. We are thankful that even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of 
being treated unfairly, in the midst of being rejected, that you, O oh God, are always present and always there. And that you, our Lord and our God, still demand worship from us. That, that worship should not be tied merely to how well things are going in our life, but it should be a disposition of our hearts to say, God, you have already been good. That you saving us was enough. And I'm going to worship you because it's due your name despite what I may personally be going through. And so, God, I pray that we would find peace with wrestling with you in knowing that we can worship you and experience difficulty simultaneously. Would you meet us today, oh God? Would you meet us and allow us to feel your presence ever near? It's in Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I want to invite you, invite you at this time to join me in taking the Lord's Supper. This is a time where we get to reflect on that someone that the prophet Isaiah describes in chapter 53, the one who was beaten and bruised and broken on our behalf, but was also victorious on the cross. And so if, 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 if you can grab... Um, Grab a, a cracker or, or, or something similar. Grab some, some juice and, and pause the TV and, and come back and, and meet me here so that we can take of the elements together. And so on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. And afterwards, he took the cup and said, this is my blood, the blood of a new and living covenant. He says, this is the blood that was shed for you and for me. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Amen and amen. Grace and peace. Again, we thank you for joining us this morning for worship. And we pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you from now and until he returns. God bless you. Grace and peace. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.